One of the things like I think historically I like about my tribe's applique beadwork designs is the symmetry and the, the precision. I think the craftsmanship. And so in being able to create in a computer program, these are super precise and super tight how, I, how I'm looking for them. First People's Fund presents the Collective Spirit Podcast. The Collective Spirit moves each of us to stand up and make a difference, to pass on ancestral knowledge and simply extend a hand of generosity. The Collective Spirit Podcast features Native artists and culture bearers who discuss the power of Indigenous art and culture. My name is Jody Webster. I'm a member of the Ho-Chunk Nation, as well as the Prairie Band Potawatomi Nation via Skunk Hill. I'm a jeweler. I work in silver, whether that be hand cutting and fabricating everything is an option. But I also do 3D CAD work and printing those pieces with a 3D printer, then casting them myself. I think I think it has to do with that, the whole journey of just going through art, I think for myself, it was really important to dabble in a whole lot of different mediums. I started out as a 2D drawing, large scale 2D artist, went on to school with the encouragement of the faculty where I went to school for my graphic design degree. They said, hey, get a bachelor, get a bachelor's degree so you could possibly nab these jobs up a little bit easier opposed to someone with just an associate, associate's degree. And so I kind of begrudgingly went to school for art, which I never really wanted to do and ended up basically getting a BFA in painting and drawing. Towards the end of that degree, seeking that degree, I needed some electives. And a jeweler friend said, hey, you know, someone with your ability to draw, I'd be interested to see what you can do in jewelry. And I never took that seriously because I was like, oh, yeah, I'm just I do stuff on the computer. I do. You know, I draw or paint, whatever. So I'd never really thought about it and needed some electives. And that was the only thing that worked in my schedule. From there, kind of branched out and thought I needed to get a, a real job with this talent. So I went to school for graphic design. Absolutely hated the job, but loved what I could do with the technology and just kept going with it and, and finally applied to a program and got a master's in jewelry metals where That's where I really wanted to learn how to render in 3D. So I did an internship with my partner's tribe back in Green Bay, Wisconsin. That was a a great kind of taste of how that job was going to go. But I think doing those internships and having the taste of those those clients while in the program kind of let me know this was something I wasn't really going to enjoy because I think you're putting your intellectual talents, your actual talents, you're, you're trying to put a, a dollar amount on that. And if you were to design something for somebody or company, they have that, you know, in probably in perpetuity to use those designs. I had another internship where I was asked to just emulate floral or or like applique tribal designs. And so I think to come up with that and to just get paid $14 an hour, I think I just could not wrap my mind around that. And I was not comfortable with that because I felt like, well, whatever I'm designing, that's my design. Or, you know, it was just, it was a weird contention to have 
And so I think that was that was something that kind of led me away from the graphic design. But having that knowledge, putting that time in to learn these programs, what could I what could I utilize them for? One of the things like I think historically I like about my tribe's applique beadwork designs is the symmetry and the the precision. I think the craftsmanship. And so in being able to create in a computer program, these are super precise and super tight how, I, how I'm looking for them. So there's definitely a blend of traditional and kind of non-traditional facets that are coming together when I create my work. By nature, I've always been the person that's going to walk in a different direction and I'm always going to do what I haven't seen. And so I think that's why I'm very pro anti stereotypes. Like, I'm not trying to pacify the stereotype of what is deemed native. And so, I'm always like creating these more, like in the past when I was doing the graphic design stuff and I was doing kind of animation, it was more like exposing young children to what real natives look like today. So, I would do like little powwow t shirts for my kids so that when they went into school, people would see like this is a native this is this is what we kind of look like or this is this isn't the stereotype i think it has to do with wanting to not only have these like designs survive i think a lot of times when i did research especially for the master's program in my my final work i went into some museums and and seeing the applique seeing the beadwork in its kind of age state where it's it's falling apart you know and it's not what it was when it was initially made that thought of how do i make these designs continue further without doing it in the conventional way that was i guess like deemed the stereotypical way to make them like there's i think there's more ways than one to do beadwork designs take my jewelry 100 years from now, hopefully, and shine it up and it'll look just like the day I, I casted it and shine it up for, for whoever bought it. And I think that's one of the things that pushes me, not only the longevity of these designs, keeping them around and encouraging people to continue to advance their ideas of how things are made and not allowing the word traditional to be kind of weaponized against them to like, hey, you can only use beads hey you can only use leather you can only you know all these limitations i think kind of look past that and look past what is what is thought to be native hopefully i think my art and the style i do will start some sort of advancement in like how we're projecting our images or how we're how we're doing our designs and I'm not saying let's, hey, let's replace traditional making, not at all. But I'm saying just looking outside of what is perceived to be native. So I think my legacy would be to continue these designs and give that pride and that joy and that sense of the representation of your region. And so that's that's what I'm looking to do every time I create. I think one of the things that pushes me to do my work is wanting to create this feeling I want them to feel a certain way, whether it's it's pride, I want them to feel happy, whatever that personal feeling is for them when they wear my work, that's what I'm looking for. 
you know, you still hear the murmurs at, at art markets will say, you know, you're cheating because you're casting your work and you're doing it 3D. But I think a lot of the people that are kind of negatively criticizing that aren't really it's seeing the process itself where they've never seen, hey, you rendered something for hours in the computer. There's a possibility that the 3D print doesn't work. You have to go back to the, the, the CAD work in the computer, fix that. You put it through the last wax cast process. The castable resins that they have out right now, they're pretty good, but you can still get ash. You can still get air bubbles. You can still get flaws. So when you put it through that process, sometimes the piece doesn't work out. And so people don't see that and they don't realize that when you, even when you cast it, it's not going to come out perfect. There's a lot of sanding. There's a lot of um, finishing work that needs to be done on these pieces once they're casted. And so if someone's trying to say, hey, you're cheating and you're doing this, this way easier method, I think it's, it's only easier because I'm doing really tight, specific designs opposed to how somebody would hand make something. And like I said, I do hand make stuff, but I just, I prefer the precision and the effects that I can get from 3D rendering. And so I, I think like the negativity, there's just not a, an understanding of what the possibilities are. And I still think that's another side of where traditional, the word is being used to like weaponize against the, the possibilities of what we could be doing with our designs. And, you know, you kind of got to think about who's putting those parameters on us and who is saying that what is traditional. Because you could, you could really dissect that and you can say, well, you shouldn't be able to use lights or electricity. or You can get really absurd with the critique of, of the use of technology, I think. Collective Spirit Podcast is produced by First Peoples Fund, whose mission is to honor and support Indigenous artists and culture bearers through grant-making initiatives, culturally rooted programming, and training and mentorship. Learn more at firstpeoplesfund.org.